Hey, this is Liz. This is Heather. This week, we are sitting down with a special guest to start our first week of Talkin' Tolkien Month for the month of September to discuss Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Spoilers, hit that music. Welcome back to Nerdy Bitches Podcast. This month, we are celebrating something brand new for us. I'm so excited. This is our second theme month of the year. We always do one in April for Heather's birthday and September for my birthday. So this year, we are doing dun, 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 talking, talking. So what that means, if you just sounded like token, token to you, is that we are going to be talking about <laughs> J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. So for the next couple of weeks, you will hear us just specifically talking about this. This week, we are covering Fellowship of the Ring. Next week will be Two Towers, uh, the Return of the King after that. And then we will have our fourth week is our book club episode on The Hobbit. So I'm very excited. Heather, are you excited? I'm very excited. I've, I'm already I'm already like so far ahead. I don't even know what to do with myself because I've seen two of the movies and read one of the books. Well, there you go. You are further ahead than I am, actually. Not that I haven't read and seen them all, but yeah. So we have a guest with us this week. I am so excited. So we have with us Diana from Happily Ever Aftermath podcast. Hello, Diana. Hello. Thank you for having me. Can I start humming the soundtrack now? <laughs> yes, please, because I don't have a theme song this time around. Do, 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 do. And run off into the mountains. <laughs> I love it. So, Diana, why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast and uh, which you guys cover? Oh, yeah. So thank you very much. Uh, my podcast, Happily Ever Aftermath, is the podcast about relationships in movies and our relationships with them. Uh, basically, if you have any type of movie that taught you how romantic relationships are, we really want to talk about that with you. Mm. Nice. Mm -hmm. I, thank I you. always like that. And I used to think that in movies when I was a kid. Like, what happens to Cinderella after they have their magic moment at the end? Like... Does she end up cleaning the castle? Like, what happens next? I don't know. <laughs> so it's fun to think about. I like that about y'all's show. So it kind of gives you, a, oh, thank you a bit of a, well, you know, what happens when happily ever after wears off a little bit? So yeah. It's, uh, well, that that's reality, mm -hmm. unfortunately. It's like, wait a minute. This is not what Cinderella, well, I guess maybe Cinderella did teach me that. I'm not cleaning this bathroom anymore. Yep. <laughs> right. Thank you for coming on the show. We're very excited to have you for the first time. And you are an awesome Lady Pod Squad member, like we are. So, yay, represent. Thank you. <laughs> so, all right. So this week, again, we are covering the Lord of the Rings first movie, The Fellowship of the Ring. And I believe we all watched the extended edition. Is that right? I, I know I did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I made Paul take the theatrical versions off of our uh, digital stuff. It's like we still have it. But I was like, I don't want to see that. Like, I don't. Who wants I don't to want to accidentally that? click it. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> okay, let me, can I tell you about my story about uh, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Rings? I grew up in, in Utah, okay? Mm -hmm. And I had heard nothing about the hype around the movie. 
Okay. And I went on a date with a guy and he took me to this movie. I had no, I had known nothing about Tolkien. I knew nothing about, like, there was a trilogy out there. I knew of, like, The Lion, the Rich, and the Wardrobe. Like, this was just completely out. I don't know if, like, they just, it was shunned in Utah or something. I don't know. It's no longer shunned because people I know watch it. But I had no idea anything about this. Mm. Um, Anyway, so I went on a date to this movie. First, um, I got a cold during the movie. I walked in fine, walked out, like, sniffling, (laughs) sneezing, things like that. Second... I had no idea it was a part of a trilogy. And I was like, oh, that's the ending. I know you're like, that's terrible. <laughs> what? <laughs> we didn't even get to see. They didn't even go through the little pass with the little, you know, um, stone guys on it. You know? <laughs> yeah. This was definitely one of those movies that it's a good thing they made them all together and that they had like the three movie deal in process because it would really suck if you're just like, oh, here's the. Oh, yeah, we didn't get the money to do the next one. Uh, sorry. <laughs> You'll never know what happens. So, Yeah, but uh, it was, I don't know what it was. I don't know why Tolkien was missed in my childhood or anything mm-hmm. like that. Because, I mean, I certainly was not hidden to the world of sci-fi and fantasy. It just, mm-hmm. it just wasn't on my radar at all. Well, I'll tell you my mm-hmm. intro to Tolkien and this world was, I was probably... I would say like seven to nine, somewhere in that age. And I remember my mom used to go and rent us VHS tapes from the public library uh, just to keep costs down or whatever, not go spend all this money at Blockbuster or Blockbuster probably wasn't even a thing when we first got this movie. But so Mm. she went and got The Hobbit. It's the 1977 Rankin Bass Hobbit cartoon. And we watched the shit out of this. Um, just all the time we this was like in our rotation I think she like rented like three different movies for us just on a on a loop so it's like we got this the never-ending story and like Watership Down which by the way is horrifying if you ever watch it oh it's like why are why is this a kid's show it's terrible anyway so we had The Hobbit and I loved it like I can still like I went and watched it with one of my nieces a couple of months ago and I was like I still remember the lines and the inflections and the songs and um that's the thing like when you read the the books you the songs are in there like you're like oh songs okay sure no no they are in there in like ridiculous detail long pages pages worth of song <laughs> like ugh, fast forward fast forward <laughs> but so so in addition to watching this movie over and over that we loved as kids my mom also got us the book of the hobbit and she had us read that to her this was her way of getting us used to reading and talking at the same time because you ever try to hear kids that have never done that do it in class and they're the you know so she was trying to get us more fluent in that in that skill which i greatly appreciate today it makes a difference um and like my brother read the Lord of the Rings when we were kids. I don't, I, I didn't read it. Then I read the Hobbit one. I was like, oh, this is good. This is good enough for me. I'm out. And I think I had seen the Rankin Bass Return of the King cartoon. They didn't make the whole thing. It was just like the end. And I, was, huh. I didn't care for it. Honestly, it was not that great. There was another series that tried to do one. I think they ran out of money. So it's like they get to the end of two <laughs> towers and it's like, Ugh, done. Uh, it's very strange. But when they 
decided to make the Lord of the Rings. I don't know that I was on the forefront of that because I'm pretty sure I was still married to my ex at the time that that came out. And so I think we just came across it. We're like, oh, we should go. We should go watch that. It looks like it's interesting. The trailers are good. And as soon as I got out, I was like, I have to go buy these books. I have to go buy them. I have to read them right now. And I did. And I have read them probably every year or maybe every other year since then. So I'm a bit of a fan. (laughs) (laughs) So it's always just been fun for me because I love, I love how Tolkien just created not just a story and not just characters that we love, but entire languages and whole other worlds and just fascinating. Like things like that always blow me away. Like Klingon, a full language, Elfish is a full language. It's bonkers. So Diana, when did you come across Tolkien and all the things? Uh, So I would say that uh, the movies were my like truly official introduction with I mean, I I can never tell which came first, you know, the pop culture references to it before or after the movies came out, because naturally the book had its, you know, footprint. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember the episode of Friends where they made reference to one of their friends coming into town and we called him Gandalf. <laughs> and of course, Joey had no idea what was going on, but that's, I guess I'm Joey in this scenario. Like, <laughs> yeah, Gandalf. Uh, sure. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, if you say so, so. Yeah, I mean, uh, the friends, I was in high school. Actually, no, I just graduated from high school when the first movie came out. So I had friends um, who were excited to see it. And in fact, I I missed the wave because at the time it would just be like, okay, I don't want to go to the movies with anyone who's already seen it because I can feel their feelings Mm -hmm. and then it'll spoil the movie for me because that made sense back then. Uh, So everyone had seen it and i'm like i didn't know i see this with why why but so eventually i ended up going with uh a good friend and uh well the two good friends who were dating each other at the time and, and we went and i remember hydroplaning that night mm. on the way to or from there it's just amazing these kind of details mm-hmm. that kind of stick out but fortunately i knew there was going to be multiple parts and the whole time i was just like is this where it's going to be over is this where it's going to be over mm-hmm. I know it's not going to be a satisfying ending. Is it now? <laughs> <laughs> and then once I got over all my weird neuroses things, I came out of the theater enjoying it and ultimately having a crush on Legolas. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, oh yeah, me too. Same. Yeah. <laughs> Always him, never anyone else. I mean, I mean, Aragorn's hot and all, but he just seemed like there your, your slightly older uncle that is like, eh, not quite, you know, but. Yeah, but like if you combine him with like you got the Witcher now. Yeah, yeah. So. Anyway, but um, uh, <laughs> the Witcher's like, what happened to Legolas after the ring was destroyed? He's just like, I, uh, I've got to find something else to do. <laughs> and he started drinking protein shakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, buffed yep. up. Yeah, yeah. But my first, uh, you, I'm glad you reminded me that my first like hearing of the Lord of the Rings was that Friends episode. Oh, really? <laughs> Where it was like, he's like, didn't you read Lord of the Rings in high school? And he goes, no, I had to sex in high school. Right. <laughs> oh, I guess I wasn't like Joey then. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, Joey's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Ba-dum-bum>. yeah. <laughs> so in uh, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, um, like immediate, at the very beginning, we can, we see the kind of cinematography is completely different than anything else that's been out there previous to this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know if, um, 
I mean, now we've been we're know we know Peter Jackson's work. We've seen it over and over again in this Hobbit and, and Kong, mm-hmm. and so I'm kind of used to it. But still, every once in a while, you know, while I was rewatching the show, I looked at it and I'm like, man. The cinematography is just gorgeous. It's epic. I mean, there is so much detail and everything is so, especially in Fellowship. Like, it's funny because everyone's, oh, my favorite. I know, Diana, you said your favorite is Two Towers, but Jess had already grabbed that one. Everybody (laughs) says Return of the King is my favorite. I'm like, Fellowship is my favorite because it's just so beautiful. They focus so much on battles and wars and conflict in the second two movies. This one is much more of a traveling film. So you're really just seeing Middle Earth for the first time. It's so green. And then the mountains are just blue and gorgeous. The skies are infinitely wide. It's insane. So I I really love that about this film because it just gives you the scope that this is and, you know, I mean, this is probably a land the size of Texas, if you're really thinking about it. Uh, mm. You know, like I've seen them lay the map over and it's about the size of Texas if you're looking at where they go. And that doesn't seem huge to me because I live here, but it is. Yeah. <laughs> you think about it like the like amount 14. of time it takes them to walk there and back again is a full year. So it's like... Okay, but we're just seeing so much of it, and it's beautiful as the first time, and then we're getting introduced to the different characters, and I don't know. If you guys could pick a race from the Lord of the Rings, what would you be? Oh, uh, I don't know. In D&D, I'm a half-orc. <laughs> I don't think you want to be a half-orc in this situation. I know. I feel, <laughs> I feel... That maybe Tolkien is taking um, some advantage of the orc race here and uh, using some stereotypes is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Probably true. D&D had not been created at that point. So, <laughs> yes, because it's like, because there is a very good, um, you know, planning of battles and stuff like that by orcs. Mm-hmm. And um, they're very um, strong and passionate people. Sure. That is true. Yes, yes. But I do also like the D and D where they have the under, um, the under tooth. What is that called? When you're, you know, like underbite. A, like a sh- yes, like a Shih Tzu has. I like those. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's got that big like beak jaw on the top. Just, <laughs> so, what about you, Diana? What race would you choose? Oh, geez. You know, it seems kind of disappointing that I would choose the race of man especially in the beginning when you have the beginning monologue of just like, you know, yeah, in the beginning, you know, there were the weak right. race of men. Men are terrible, right. <laughs> and they're horrible and they're pretty weak. And the elves yeah. and the dwarves. We have to I'm consider like, the yeah. source of who's telling the tale as well. So <laughs> there's that. Uh, a little bit biased there. So, you know, it's like I say, well, if they're going to say it that way, of course I want to be an elf. But no, once once you get to, you know, two towers and you're seeing just like, I'll stick. I'll stick with the race of man for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you ask me next week, I might change my mind. Sure. Oh, wait, can I be half things? Yeah, sure. Why not? Oh, I can be. Oh, I. Oh, yes, of course. I'll be half elf, half man. Yeah, mm. you can do that. That's basically what Elrond is. Yes. I mean, that's that's what happened. In his line, if you read the long-ass appendices. So, okay, funny story. Back in January, before I decided this was going to be my theme month for the year, I decided mm-hmm. to do a, a listen, a re-listen of the audiobooks for The Lord of the Rings. First of all, each book is 19 to 26 hours long. So 
prepare. Uh, it takes a while. That's why I didn't ask Heather to read the books <laughs> for now. We would have had to do them like all year long because they're very long. But yeah. I was listening to this and and it's one of these points and, you know, spoilers, if you haven't watched the movies and you're going along, pause now. Uh, you know, once Frodo destroys the ring, I was I just looked down at the audiobook timer and I was like, why are there seven hours left in this book? <gasps> Seven. Um, I was like, "What the how the fuck long does it take them to walk home? Like this is insane." Say you know some things happen, but what? And then I realized the appendices at the end, which I think is like the tale of years or something. It's five hours of that. So you're like, "Oh, okay." So that's all of the additional stories, like the who begat who and and where the the different races came from, and Aragorn's line and his love story with Arwen. All of the things that we you don't see in the books, but they did a really good job of combining that stuff and stuff from the Silmarillion for the movies to give you more of a thing without having to do so much stand around exposition. So, mm -hmm. hmm. uh, uh, when I read The Hobbit, I got that impression like the story is basically summed up. Why is it still going on for so much longer? <laughs> Well, the the funny thing, and we'll talk about it with the Hobbit book, is the Hobbit book is short. It's not a long story. It certainly does not require three movies to tell. So when they got a three-movie deal for that, I what they did was they did go through the Silmarillion and some of the other things and really expanded on things that were only mentioned in brief passing. So, yeah, also creative license, but... Yeah, no, it's okay. So hmm. I did not want to cover the Hobbit movies because <laughs> as much as I do enjoy them, because I do, they're not as good, I don't think, as the Lord of the Rings movies. So they, Man, they're pretty good cinematography too. Well, they I mean, everything he does yeah. is gorgeous. We know that yeah. now. Um, and yeah. also, how pretty is New Zealand? Like, I just want to oh. go oh. And, and knock on Jazz's door and say, I'm here and I'm going to go move into one of those Hobbit holes that's across the street from where she lives. That's... That's what I'm going to do. And there's no, um, there's no coronavirus down there. No, there's not. <gasps> oh, true paradise. I think they had three cases and I'm pretty sure it was dumbass Americans that snuck their way on board. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's always us. So uh, for me, I would actually, uh, I would pick a hobbit. I mean, I think everyone's natural inclination is to want to be an elf because they're so, so brilliant and they live forever and they're graceful and beautiful and whatever, but... I already kind of live my life as a hobbit, right? We like to eat. We like to sleep. We like to, you know, things that are pretty. We're not all that stressed about doing the things. I could totally live in the Shire forever. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. The Shire, I, you know what, though? I say that. But I love Gimli. And oh, yeah. so, you know, because I, I think, like, of what race could I hang out with him the most in? And I'd be like, well, I'd have to be another dwarf. <laughs> Right. Mm -hmm. That is one thing I did really like about the Hobbit movies is they gave all of the dwarves so much personality. And because and again in the books, they just kinda and here's seven more. They don't you know, not all of them oh. have distinct personalities, but they really did that in those movies and that was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. So So how about let's go through like kind of the characters mm -hmm. instead of the story, because like the story kind of 
ended like in the middle of the story, you know, (laughs) but we got, but we got introduced to our hobbits. Right. So we Mm -hmm. got introduced to Elijah or Elijah Wood. We all know that's not his name. His name is Frodo. (laughs) His name is Frodo. Yep. (laughs) Um, I know. I was like, Frodo was in a new movie this week. Like, (laughs) I do that too. I forget the fact that he was totally a child actor and I knew him in a ton of things when he was little, but now he's just Frodo forever. So it's like yeah, Daniel Radcliffe will always be Harry Potter. It's oh, like, look, Harry Potter's naked on stage. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So Frodo is the main character. And I thought that I thought he was good casting. I heard that they were looking for um, J- uh, uh, Hall. What's his first name? Jake? Jake. Mm-hmm. Jake. Yeah. He seems like he's too big for I, it. Yeah. I, now, he probably wasn't yeah. as big then. I don't know, but I thought he was a full-grown adult in 2002 or one or whenever. Well, technically so was Elijah Wood. He was but 19, I, you know. <laughs> sure. So. Uh, I remember watching, um, uh, you know, where he was on like The Tonight Show or something like that. And he, and he was talking about, oh, yeah, me and the, you know, I used to go and say, you know, me and the Hobbits would hang out at a bar after shooting and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and like Kate Blanchett was like, you hang out with your characters like that? And he's like, you, you you don't just hang out with the elves? And she's like, no, no. <laughs> and we she's don't like, refer to I, I go back to my, you know, house and get 20 hours of beauty sleep a day because I'm Kate exactly. freaking Blanchett. Well, and she he was, she was like, yeah, we generally don't refer to ourselves as a group of the characters we're playing. Like. <laughs> I think, though, if you're playing one of the four hobbits, you have to. Like, that's just yeah. going to be your your thing it's i don't know yeah so i did love that so elijah you know i mean or i'm sorry frodo in general he's kind of milk toast in terms of personality other than just being like good and strong at heart right 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 but you know his friend samwise gamgee who mm. is like his gardener like yep. i don't and um but they're really good friends so why do they keep referring to him as his gardener otherwise why don't they just call him his friend mm. I don't know. Maybe I friend that has was a different weird. connotation. Like, like maybe, oh, maybe, but like, <laughs> it's almost like they were like, let's just make sure we keep this cast system, you know, like, <laughs> yes, he's my friend, but remember I pay him. Like that's well, what it felt like. And, and that is the thing, like, and Bilbo wasn't big into it, but his family had been pretty wealthy, uh, you know, going into all the things. And so then Frodo was deemed to be, pretty wealthy and so everyone else was kind of like you said it's kind of a caste system it's a little bit lower here but also if you think about it in hobbiton in the shire gardening is held in high renown it is not a lesser job it's not a crappy job because that is what they love to do they love you know you've got people who brew the beer and you got people who grow the flowers and people that make the food and then the guy that sits on the top of the hill with a pipe so you know i don't know but I, I I never liked that, and I don't like the fact that they are best friends. Sam is with him this whole time, and he's the only one who does this. It just calls him Mister Frodo through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, mm. So so what about Mary and uh, what is his Pippin. name? Pippin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So our friends over at Home Video Hustle have done the Lord of the Rings, and they are hilarious to listen to. 
and they call Mary and Pimpin the Bumblefucks. And it's hysterical <laughs> because that's exactly what they are. They just bumble through the world and they kind of fuck things up and maybe they push things into motion. I think Gandalf says it the best, you know, in, in another movie. He's like, you know, they are like the small stones that start the avalanche. That's kind of their job is to just move shit along. So, yeah. So if they were like humans, okay, I would. I would refer to like um, uh, them as like the frat boys. May mm-hmm. not be entirely smart, but you know what? You can't. They're not really. Um, they're more out there to have fun. That's their thing. Yeah, they are. And in the books, they get into it a lot more. In the they are young. Um, they are in their what they call tweens, and that's basically kind of their between early. 20s and like their mid to late 30s and it's hmm. it's kind of considered a period it's, it's almost like uh like a Amish rumspringa kind of thing where this is when you're just out finding yourself and and relaxing you don't need to settle down or be serious yet they're everyone goes oh they're just tweens you know like we do for 12 year olds acting weirdly and that's kind of how they are. Whereas Frodo in the story is a little bit older. Sam is a little bit older. So they are a little bit more responsible and established. But they've also been sent on the quest. Merry and Pippin fell into the quest while they were stealing cabbages. So, hmm. yep. Yeah. So, and then we do have to talk a little bit about Bil- Bilbo. Um, and we obviously learn more about him in The Hobbit. But um, Ian Holm played him, and Sylvester McCloy almost did, you know, almost was uh, was cast for him. So we could have had Doctor Who in there. Anyway. Mm-hmm. But rest in peace, Ian Holm, because he just passed away, and that was sad. Oh, did, did he? That yeah, a couple sad. of months ago, I think. But yeah. yeah, I love him in this. I really do. He is amazing. Now, honestly, I I didn't know him a lot before this, other than, like, the priest in The Fifth Element. Uh, hmm. but I just, I love him. He's amazing. And he's just like, like your sweet old uncle, you know, that you want to hang out with. And he's probably the one that lets you get away with doing shit you're not supposed to do. So, yeah. So fun fact, the radio adaptation of Lord of the Rings home actually played Frodo. Nice. Yeah. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, he's, he's got one of those faces. It's like, oh, I know him from somewhere, but I don't know like where. Mm hmm. <laughs> yeah 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 he strikes me as a it's a pleasant surprise when he shows up mm-hmm. in something yeah, yeah. i know yeah. you see me like oh there he is isn't he cute yeah like i think if he showed up playing like a big bad somewhere you'd be like oh oh uh like what 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 is bilbo doing that's not okay like <laughs> yeah yeah when it, it wouldn't work um and now now neither can martin freeman or whatever his name is mm-hmm. <laughs> Same, same thing but um yeah i mean i liked his character and i didn't quite understand the draw of the ring even when i saw it the second time and i already knew because he really didn't show the same obsession um he showed an obsession with it but it didn't seem to me as evil until later well that's that's exactly right though because when when bilbo had the ring it was still asleep it Mm -hmm. wasn't actively looking but since he passed it on to frodo basically is like when it started to wake up yeah i mean he did really screw with his uh other hobbit friends when he put that ring on and disappeared 
<laughs> so let's see who else was kind of a hobbit Gollum was in it but we didn't see him very much in this this particular um, we only got eyeballs and fingers in this one yeah and just like at the very beginning mm-hmm. we saw him and we heard of him right yeah. and we knew that mm-hmm. he uh did we did hear that he's the one we did find out he found the ring though first yep. well yeah. it it came to him is how as how she says it in the beginning and when we get through the later movies we'll hear more how it came to him and not in the uh straightest of lines but yeah so so Gollum or Schmeagol was a cousin of a hobbit so he was like one of the river people so he was like a hobbit. So this is what would happen if Bilbo had had that sleepy ring for 500 years, most likely, because mm-hmm. it just slowly mm-hmm. drives you mad. Okay. Okay. Um, I really liked Gollum in this. And by the way, um, Andy Serkis is amazing. Amazing. Uh, I think he know- like <laughs> absolutely created and revolutionized the whole idea of motion capture with this movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. This and... Um, uh, Planet of the Apes that oh mm-hmm. my god that's amazing the Planet of the Apes maybe that will be my theme month next April we'll do the yeah um, because I loved it and everybody thought it was uh, going to be terrible and it was awesome anyway side mm-hmm. note um, maybe we can have a, a circus pro <laughs> what <laughs> I was trying to think of how to make circus Andy circus oh Andy circus into April, <laughs> into April. Uh, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Okay. Yeah, well, we, we're, we're bad at that. Mm-hmm. Well, if if I could steal from uh, the theme months of everything I learned from movies, mm-hmm. they did April. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I'm going to totally steal that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe, I'll let them know. <laughs> maybe uh, when we go back on the Jacked Up Review show, he wants us to do a, an actor and then talk about their movies that they did. We could do Andy Serkis. Yeah, yeah, I could talk about that. He does a, a wide variety. He's also the mm-hmm. boss in 13 Going on 30, and he's hilarious in that. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ooh, versatile. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so so who are the humans in this story? So we had, um, so um, what is his name? Strider. Strider. Mm-hmm. Who's he? Aragorn slash oh, Aragorn. Aragorn. Yeah, okay. they, they meet him as Strider, and when they meet Strider, at the inn in Bree, they're they're very concerned about him. They know he's a ranger because that's what the barman told them. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, they're dangerous. They wander in the wild, blah, blah. They don't have a clue who these people are or where they are. And honestly, we don't either until later when more of his heritage and lineage and things like that start to to come out. But for the beginning, they just know him as Strider and he's going to guide them, hopefully, not to death, but to Rivendell. Yeah, but he can't be a human because he's like 87 years old. He is a human. He's a Numenorian. He, he's not human. They're men. But he is a Numenorian, which is the kingdom to the north that had been destroyed. And they just, their species, race, whatever, is long lived. So they, all of the men below them, the other ones are like lesser men, if that makes sense. Like bred out kind of men. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he he is a man, but that's yeah, he's like eighty seven years old. So and hot, okay. wow, you're and super hot, so. super hot. Yeah, <laughs> Vigo Mortensen was such a good casting. He was not the original, and now I cannot for the life of me remember who it was. Oh, oh, you remember? I do, who, who? I do. It was a uh, Stuart Townsend. Oh yes. So I believe he actually started 
shooting and starting filming. And like after a day or two, they're like, yeah, no. So, so they had to go reshoot everything they had done, bringing Vigo Mortensen in like the night before. So it looks like, and I can't believe that um, everything I learned from movies isn't here. Nicolas Cage received an offer and declined due to family obligations. What? Thank God. Thanks, God. (laughs) I could not even imagine. I know there are tons of people out here who love Nick Cage. I am not one of them. And I cannot imagine him (laughs) playing in this role at all. And, And that's the thing. This movie is so well cast. I honestly couldn't replace any of them or it wouldn't be like, oh, God, he's terrible. We should get someone else. Everyone is so well placed and does their part so well. You're just like, yeah, those are absolutely the hobbits. That's why they go to the bar together. They're friends. They're still friends. You Mm -hmm. just fall into that and it becomes who you are. So, yeah. So Vigo's girlfriend is Arwen and she's an elf and... Um, apparently if she wants to stay with him, she has to become mortal or she just has to watch him die. Didn't quite understand that. (laughs) She, um, she isn't immortal, but if she chooses to be with him, she gives up her right to go back to Valinor. So that's the land across the sea where the, all the elves are going, you know, they all show them trekking through the woods, heading towards the Harbor because, this land is kind of dying and it's not going to be what it was for them. So they go back to the other place where they can live forever. So I don't know if it's like their Valhalla or whatever, but they're still alive. But if she stays, she doesn't get to have the true eternity, but she's still going to long outlive him. And he's probably going to live to be 250, but yeah, Mm -hmm. she'll, she'll be there longer and sad. And they're like, Mm -hmm. Oh, she'll be alone. I'm like, okay. I mean, she'll have some, kin right yep some offspring mm-hmm. some point yeah should probably outlive them too mm-hmm. oh yeah well they'll be half elf as well so it would do yeah maybe i don't know it would probably oh. do pretty well so all right well and she was she wasn't in the books from what i understand so she's just kind she, of she gets a wink and a nod in the book she wanders in during a feast and that's it there's nothing no other mention of her until later and even then it's very huh so if you're just reading for the first time and haven't watched the movies, you're like, who? What for? Yeah, this is, she, she was like more talk up than I really felt like came into the, she didn't really, I don't know. She didn't really meet my expectations for like this, like gorgeous um, uh, elf that uh, got Aragorn all over, you know, I just expected more of her. Of Liv Tyler sense? or of Arwen? Both of them. <laughs> I, I I didn't think she did a bad job considering like before this, she was in Empire Records. You know what I mean? Like I thought this was a pretty serious role to jump into after kind of teenage-ish comedy type yeah. things. Yeah, I guess. Um, I don't know. Was it, I mean, was Pearl Harbor before or after this? I think after. Huh. Maybe. Yeah, or I mean, probably around similar time. But. I just... I don't know. I feel like, yeah, so, like, if they were going to develop her story, they should have developed it, because it really wasn't. I didn't think. Well, I think that, uh, so a lot of the the complaints that I hear about these movies is that they don't follow super closely to the books. And so book purists are upset by that. Nerd boys are upset by that, because he does have a tendency to add and embellish on the roles of female characters in these stories. And the reason is because there aren't any. 
Yeah. So mm. if you read The Hobbit, there's like nobody uh, at all. So in order to, you know, not seem like a sexist pig when you're making these and to make the thing a little bit more interesting and not just give somebody a marriage and a footnote, it it is nice that they brought some of these characters out and some of the lesser ones, you know, in importance in the story got a bigger role. And I do hate that they got rid of the character of Glorfindel, who is kind of who they uh, take in to become Arwen. Like they take a lot of his role. Like she goes and gets Frodo after he gets stabbed by the uh, Dementors. And uh, <laughs> close enough. Uh, so he gets stabbed by by the Nine and she has to go get him and race him. In the book, that is this elf character, Glorfindel. And he was a cool character in the book, and I really like him. And uh, you'll actually hear reference to it in The Martian when they have their secret meeting. And he's like, if we're going to have, you know, if we're going to be in something called Project Elrond, I want my code name to be Glorfindel. So I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like, again, it's not pure to the book, but I like the motivation yeah. behind mm -hmm. it. And I like the execution of it. Most of the time. Well, not to mention that, you know, even if he did kind of beef up the female characters, there's still some just, you know, marriage and footnotes in there as well. So, yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will talk a little bit more about the Fellowship of the Ring. Did you ever go on vacation with your family and hope the dance instructor would fall in love with you? No, but I did think a guy with a giant boombox playing Peter Gabriel outside my window in the middle of the night meant true and undying love. Listen to our podcast, Happily Ever Aftermath, where we revisit these movies and it turns out they weren't the best ideas. What were we thinking? You can find our podcast, Happily Ever Aftermath, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. You can also tweet at us at H-E-A-M-C-A-S-T, Heemcast. That's What I'm Talking About follows me, Mary Clay, on my first ever journey through Lord of the Rings. Each week, a guest joins me for a chapter-by-chapter -chapter discussion of the books, where I also make some bold predictions. My current theory is that it's going to end like the movie Holes when Stanley is carrying Zero up the mountain because Madame Zeroni cursed his family. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's What I'm Talking About every Tuesday, wherever you get podcasts. All right, so we're back. And we are going to talk a little bit more now about the kind of the, the themes that we're seeing pop up here in the movie. So obviously this is a traveling movie is getting to the battle. So we started where we were. Now we're getting to where the stuff is happening. Yes. In, and in Liz's version, we're on our way to El Paso. <laughs> we are on our way to El Paso, <laughs> to the depths and fire of Mount Paso. Uh, <laughs> If you've been to El Paso, you know what I'm saying. Anyway, uh, but yeah, so we're going far west Texas. We have to travel. It's 40 days. They're walking 40 days from Rivendell to the, just to the, the pass that they're trying to go through. Eh, that's a long walk. Well, they've so, got big you know, feet, like big cushy feet. Well, hobbits do. Yeah. The others don't. And Legolas prances, and I like that. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things that you see about him is that he is so not disturbed by the things others are. And when they are trying to go over the path of Karadharas, they, you know, everyone else is sunk into the snow up to their necks and he's literally prancing on the top. His feet don't even make indentions. So I, I like that about him. Yeah. It's kind of yeah, funny. me too. 
Yeah, he gets all the cool stunt work. And funny side note on this, right before they started filming, like six months before Lord of the Rings, he actually broke his back. Oh, like, like, yeah. So I don't think that they knew he was even going to be able to do this. And then he gets all the most like athletic stuff. So crazy. But yeah, so they they try to go and they're going to have to go either through, over or under Moria. And basically the Misty Mountains that we also see in The Hobbit, where they found Gollum to begin with. And uh, obviously, they're watching the pass of what is it? Isengard something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Whatever the the pass is, they need to go through. But it's being watched. Saruman's evil. We know he's an asshole. (laughs) He should have been good, but he's terrible. And he tried to hold Gandalf prisoner, which that is a cool fight. Yeah. The wizard fight there in that one. Badass. And just watching these two old men, uh, and especially if you know the history of Christopher Lee, and his obsession with Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings. Like they have documented that, and he said in many interviews, he wrote to him and to the families and all of this stuff for years, trying to get them to make this movie, trying to get this. And he wanted, desperately wanted to play Gandalf. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he but was too place old. him as Gandalf. Yeah, they said he was too old. Yeah, they, he's he can't do that. So they gave him Saruman. And I think the casting on this, again, I know it's not what he wanted in life, but it's amazing. Yeah, so. it's it's really, really good. And then you saw during that battle um, how impressive he was. And he was just kind of kicking the shit like out of Gandalf. I mean, Gandalf obviously was holding his own, but like really he was outmatched. Mm-hmm. Well, Gandalf um, smoked a lot of weed, and he also <laughs> just got, I mean, he's a very long ride from the Shire to Isengard. I mean, it's 40 days from Rivendell, and he started in the Shire. So, you know, it's he's he's tired. He's weary. And again, he has been mostly playing, like, children's birthday party magician for a long mm-hmm. time. He's not been doing extra hard wizarding for at least for the past 60 years it's been pretty light duty yeah. well you could tell though that the white had a uh a higher power than he had yes thinking that well he is higher power and and honestly he was gandalf was supposed to be the white um that was his original intention but somehow it got passed to saruman instead so it kind of just shows yes he has a lot of power but as you watch him through the through the movies, he starts off as Saruman the White. But by the end, I think in the book they call him like Saruman of many colors or something. But he just gets like dirtier and grimier mm-hmm. and just gross. So by the time they take him out to Towers, it's uh, yeah, yeah. And, but that was um, that was really interesting though because you knew that um, Gandalf was off to go get help. From his mm-hmm. what you would expect to be his peers, and then finding out that um, it was oh shit, yeah, <laughs> it was not as expected. That was a that was a very big surprise for me as a non book reader um, in advance of it. Um, but I I did like that. But and I know we kind of um, were talking about this a little bit. What who all have we come in contact with in this movie? That had contact with the ring. So far, Frodo and Bilbo. Mm-hmm. Gandalf had a near 
thing. He didn't touch it, but he tried. It, he wanted it, to. It but chatted it, it with like, them, right? Stuff. Like it, I'm sorry, it chatted with him, right? Because he was yeah, like a talking bit. to him. Yeah. It gave him a it gave him a quick zap. <laughs> so nobody else in this film touches it. However, when they are at the Council of Elrond in Rivendell. They, you know, they've got the ring out on a pedestal and everybody's looking and they've got representatives from, you know, the elven kingdoms and from men, dwarves, and then the hobbits are there with Gandalf. And so the ring is speaking to a lot of people and it seems to be focused in on Boromir because he's probably the weakest link out of everyone. Mm -hmm. And that's most likely because his family and his people have been fighting and dying against you know the dark forces for years because they are literally on the doorstep mm -hmm. so i think he's gotten into a uh, a situation where he's desperate desperate to save his people he's desperate to be what his father wants him to be he's just at that point where the only way he feels like he's going to be in high esteem with his people is if he can end sauron and bring glory back to Gondor. And so when you get desperate, you do stupid things and your brain, you are much likelier to get into bad situations because you're grasping. Yeah. But he's so dashing. I, he is dashing. <laughs> you know, I keep, is. I keep seeing Ned Stark. But <laughs> I know that that's, uh, um, he's he, another one that starts to get a little grimy as time oh, goes agreed. on. Yeah. And then so he like looks pretty good, and then it's just his hair gets a little greasier and greasier as they go. Yeah. So when Frodo goes and visits the elves, um, Kate Blanchett elf, what was her name? Galadriel uh, or what? Galadriel. There you go. Mm -hmm. She uh, told him, "Hey, somebody is going to betray, try and get to the ring, mm -hmm. or they're going to try and take it from you." And then you yep. know, and then warnings, warnings, warning, dire, dire, dire. You know that type of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And he handed her the ring. Yep. Or he tried. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He hands it, like pushes it towards her. Like, I'll give it to you if you want it. Fucking take it because I don't want this shit. <laughs> like, I am and he says it in the book a lot. He's like, I'm too small. Like, I'm just, you know, I'm too small to take on something so big. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of people would feel that way. I would feel that way. Be like, ugh, somebody please take this thing away. Yeah. Um, but she, and she goes through the same kind of thing that, that Gandalf probably did in his mind of, I could do this and I could do wonderful things, but also having enough clarity of mind and responsibility to say, you know what, nobody with the level of power that I have should be allowed to touch mm -hmm. this because they're not going to master yeah. it. Yeah. Literally Sauron would just enslave them like he did with Sauron, mm -hmm. but faster because they would have yep. the ring. Yeah. So, and then he would have the ring. Yeah. So, but she, and she acknowledged, "Oh, hey, I passed the test." It was like, "Well, yeah, almost in it." I'm just <laughs> <Right>. exactly <laughs> just saying. It did seem like you know that it could have gone either way there for a bit. So, yeah. like a C minus for her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She she scraped by with the B. Yeah. D like, I just barely hit it and didn't kill you in the process. So yeah. I'm good. I'm out. Yeah. yeah. Thank goodness I have my yeah. own ring. So. uh right <laughs> yeah yeah you know, yeah you noticed uh gimli wasn't affected it didn't seem like he was affected at all by mm -hmm. the ring um and boromir as you said um was really affected by him and then but and in fact went after frodo at one point when frodo wandered off at camp yep um this is when 
uh, Frodo realized that, okay, this is, I am being betrayed. I need to run off by myself. And when I think it's, it's not even so much, I mean, he knew Boromir was going to do that. That's just was the feeling he had gotten. Galadriel had told him, you know, shit's about to go bad. But I think what he saw in that was that someone as strong and as courageous as Boromir had been before the ring came into his circle of influence, how bad would it be for all of these other wonderful people I'm traveling with when it starts to slowly eat away at their heart? Mm -hmm. And so I think he recognized that I'm going to have to do this on my own. Like, there's no way I can I can put these people in danger. Yeah. And I think a lot of martyrs feel that way. And that's just how it is. Like, no, no, no. I've got this. I've got this. Y'all go on. It's fine. I'm fine. Um, but I do like that no matter what, Sam was there. Mm-hmm. And even when Frodo's trying to do stupid shit, like run off on his own and probably die from orcs in 10 minutes, that Sam's like, fine, I'll just follow you. You know, <laughs> like, you can go. Go ahead. I will be two steps behind you. And that that amount of loyalty is amazing, one, and it's beautiful. I love Samwise. He is my favorite character, I think, in all of the books, really. I just love him. I love his heart. Mm-hmm. I love he's he's so pure and just absolutely amazing and such a good friend. Um, I almost feel bad for the fan fiction that Mandy and I read about him and Frodo <laughs> a couple of years ago. So almost. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Yep. Almost. So, yeah. So right when we see Frodo and Samwise, they split from the group after the battle. Was it Helm's Deep or was that separate? No, they're uh, Amonsul? No. Arnor. I don't know. It's one of those Minas Arnor or something. It was a a big place where the kings used to go and watch stuff like from that that's why when Frodo put the ring on he was able to see basically all the way to Mordor and whatever so that was just like a place of seeing Mm -hmm. but it was destroyed had been destroyed years earlier so yeah so the orcs so uh the uh the battle was with the orcs and actually Merry and Pippin um took them off the scent of Frodo to allow Frodo to leave Yes, so the Bumble Fox actually did something nice. <laughs> I thought it was and very nice. I thought that was really sweet, and it was, uh, it made me really appreciate them more. Yeah, and it was, it was very brave. I mean, that that did not look good. There was no way they were going to get away clean. That wasn't going to happen. So they knew that, and they knew it was a major risk. But they also knew that it was worth it to be able to let Frodo and Sam get where or Frodo for them. They didn't know Sam was going, um, just to kind of get where they're going. So we skipped over the big devastation. Oh, we did. Mm. So, you know, anytime you have a a large group doing a quest of dangerous things, you start to worry, we may not get all of these people to the end of the line. And that is the same thing that happens in this movie. So after they're, they can't go over the mountain, they can't go around the pass, they have to go through the mines of Moria. And Gimli has got such a massive heart on to go to Moria because his cousin Balin is supposed to be there. They've been there for the last 30 years and no one has heard from them. So obviously things are going well uh, in Moria, as you do. And it wasn't previously overrun by orcs at all. It's totally fine. So he's very excited to go. Nobody else wants to go because bad things happen in dark places in these type of stories. And so they do go 
they find out that all of the dwarves had been wiped out. And I think they don't say it in the movie, but within the book, I think it was within the first five years of their going. It was very quick. And so, yeah, it was kind of (laughs) sad. He's like, oh, okay. Um, So then they, of course, uh, Pippin knocks a skeleton down a well that never ends and you just hear it banging and clanging and it's like first of all i i would like to know how that dwarf died sitting up on the edge of that well and as his body decomposed and became a skeleton it never moved or fell i don't know i was thinking it would have fallen yeah like a flipping mountain goat and you know what i think dwarves work underground maybe they have the balance of a mountain goat i don't know So now all of the orcs are uh, alerted to the presence and come out in mass, mass numbers. But we also have something bigger. Yeah, what? And scarier. What was that? All right. So that is a Balrog. And the Balrog is basically a demon from across the sea. And I believe that, like, the the head guy, this Balrog of Morgath or whatever they're talking about, was actually the boss to Apprentice Sauron. So, mm. you like, big bad who got cast under a mountain when Sauron got bigger than him. But he's bad. So he's like a giant winged bull-looking kind of thing. And yeah. if you've ever seen it, it reminds me very much of The Last Unicorn. Oh, he reminds me of uh, Ragnarok, the guy at the beginning. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's something you and I have talked about this a lot about how a lot of authors take things from other places and use it in their stories. Well, if you want to see where big ass spiders come from, they come from Tolkien. (laughs) He is the, you know, the perfecter of the big ass spider and these big monster beasts. And you just see the same representation taken through the years. So I would guarantee that the bull from the last unicorn and the guy in Ragnarok came influenced from this, from the books or, you know, maybe the movie for Ragnarok, but definitely the books for um, the older stuff. You see the influences everywhere. Walking, talking trees and, you know, yeah. I don't know, lots of things. Mm. So Definitely. Mm-hmm. So we find out that um, Gandalf is actually a part of a secret club that knows the handshake to ex- extinguish these bad guys. So his plan is to stand on a weird little stone bridge in the middle of a chasm, as you do. We've seen it in Star Wars. You remember... Kylo Ren is on the chasm for no reason, mm-hmm. just so it looks cool when someone falls off of it. Um, so Gandalf is going to stand there. Everyone else runs across. I don't know why he couldn't do this from the far end, but he does it right there over the edge of the thing and challenges the Balrog, you shall not pass, blah, blah, blah. The big, you shall not pass. It has now become a meme for teachers flunking their students and whatever else. It's hilarious. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the thing, like he breaks the stone and the the demon falls and everyone thinks it's going to be amazing. Well, it was. But at the last second, yeah, he flicks that whip, grabs Gandalf by the ta- by the uh. ankle and just drags him down to hell. Yeah. We- and so we get to see this slow motion, big shock face from all of the fellowship 
Frodo is losing his damn mind, trying to crawl back over there. Like, what is this guy going to do? Like, he's he's three foot tall. What's he going to do? Um, so they like Boromir has to pick him up and run off with him, and they just watch Gandalf fall. Oh yeah. And you're like, this is our grandpa, man. This is the guy who is leading our caravan. He knows that he's got the map. He knows where we're going. And now he's gone. And they were just devastated. Oh, my gosh. Especially the hobbits were just, ugh. It was heartbreaking. Like, I totally cried first time I saw it. I probably still cry every time I see it. Not him falling, but just watching their reactions because it was so well done. I'm uh, re-devastated just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I know. It's like my eyes are burning a little bit. <laughs> like, just imagining Frodo's tears oh. through this whole thing, this big – and like his hardly fell. They were just in his mm-hmm. eye, like just big watery eyes. And that's one of the things. People always ask Elijah Wood if he wore contact lenses for the Lord of the Rings because his eyes are such a stunning shade of mm-hmm. blue. Everyone just assumes that they were contacts or fake or whatever. He's like, I wear clear contacts to see with, but that's just what my eyes look like. You're like, okay, um, then I'd like to stare at them forever. <laughs> so, it's like, I don't consider him like, oh my gosh, he's a dreamy hunk, but those eyes are amazing yeah. and I could look at them forever. Yeah. So it's this, this, you know, what was the hardest part I felt and because you know this happens a lot is that he wanted to just be completely devastated and he couldn't. Right. He had to go on and run to save his life, you know, to, uh, because the orcs were coming and... Mm-hmm. Um, so we didn't even get the chance. We didn't even get to see the goodbye and the, you know. Yeah, there's no mourning. There's no yeah. moment of silence. There's, you know, there's no burial or whatever it is that we do or, you know, different cultures do to to pass people on. And then they have to run. Like you said, they have to run. They have to go find these elves who may or may not just shoot them from a distance. They don't mm-hmm. care. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they're just running out of the fire, you know, into the frying pan into the fire so yeah they get to Lothlorien they don't get a super warm reception at first well that's because Gimli was a dick (laughs) agreed he was a dick but also there there's a long-standing feud and they don't really ever say where it comes from between elves and dwarves so yeah so there was a lot of racism going on there like you're a dwarf we can't let you in our place that's terrible and you stink (laughs) the yeah, exactly. He breathes so loud. We could have shot him in the dark. It's like, ugh, rude. <laughs> that is rude. <laughs> it's like you could have shot all of them in the dark. You're a fucking elf and you can see in the dark. Like, don't give me that. My D&D elf can see at least 60 feet in the dark. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. <laughs> so. But yeah, so they go, you know, hoping for sanctuary and possibly just, all right, grandpa's gone. What do we do? Like, do you have the next piece of the map? Like, this is just your next level in the quest. We have to go ask the lady in white what we need to do. And so she gives them advice and presents and sends them on away while she rides around in a big swan boat. Mm-hmm. I kind of want one of those swan boats. Yeah. yeah. Cool. She, she, she was very helpful, though. Really, it gave mm-hmm. them the next step on it. Um, she gave the, um, the, the, Pippin and Longstocking, little um, uh, <laughs> little knives and and rope for Gimli. Mm-hmm. Was it Gimli? No, Samwise got the. No, Sam got the rope. Yeah. Frodo got the light of Elendil, so they got the 
star mm-hmm. light in a mm-hmm. bottle. And uh, let's Legolas got Legolas a bow. Got a yeah. bow. yeah, he got a big ass bow. Gimli got three hairs mm-hmm. from her head. Not creepy uh, at all. It was super Gimli. creepy. <laughs> Not fucking creepy at all. Like in the book, he's like, as soon as this is done, I'm going to go into the mountain and I'm going to find the most beautiful gem in the world. And I'm going to encase the hairs in that. There there will be an heirloom of my house forever. And you're like, uh, obsessed Gross. much? Mm-hmm. <laughs> creepy. Uh, let's see. Aragorn, I guess they give a, they give him a knife. Yeah. Oh no! She actually said, "Like, there's no gift that I can really give you." Oh yeah, she does, but Celeborn does Got give it. him a knife that that curved one that he stabs the orc with, and like there 20 we minutes, go. That that's Celeborn gave it to him, uh, even though he has like very little to do in the movie. Yeah, he was he was a little more important in the books, but yeah. So they go on their merry way, and they get to see the Argonoth. And I don't know about you guys, anytime I see these giant statues of things. And especially if they're mm. ancient, right? This has been around for millennia or whatever. Don't you ever just think about the guys that were working on this? Like, oh, let's get a scaffolding over uh, here. Like, I just, my mind goes straight to like modern construction technology. <laughs> just imagining people up there, chink, 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 like trying to get the, mm-hmm. the, the rock just right on the nose. Like, we can't, we can't have, you know. We can't get another whatever. rock. The rock is here. <laughs> exactly it's like what happens if you go too hard and you hit the nose like you're screwed like there's no putting it back i went uh i actually went similar but kind of a off direction in your observation where i'm just like Mm -hmm. huh when these were done what type of like you know other races you know structure did they decide to plow into and make statues into their own men that they worshiped (laughs) instead yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I obviously thought that you know whoever made this was not free to make it. <laughs> it wasn't their decision. Mm. <laughs> this was not a uh, this was not a commission job. I'm pretty <laughs> sure this was a <laughs> this was a hard labor situation. But yeah. yep, it also makes me think if you've ever been to South Dakota and you see you know Mount Rushmore. Mm. But around the bend is Crazy Horse, which has been under construction for 70 years and is still not complete. And you just kind of think about that span of time. Ugh. Yeah. Of your life's work is just literally hitting rocks uh, until you die. And it looks cool and it will be remembered, but you've spent your entire life building rocks. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's it's just like I, I have a hard time with those spans of time trying to think like you're like like the pyramids and stuff that wasn't made in one person's lifetime that it could not have been there's just no way especially with the technologies of the day Mm -hmm. so yeah and then i'm like stop making me think movie (laughs) (laughs) hurting my brain i just (laughs) just want to watch him go through the i just want to watch him go whitewater rafting as they flow down the anduin Mm -hmm. or whatever it is they're on Mm -hmm. and I'm about to go rest and fight orcs. Yeah. I do love that in the extended edition, we do get that one extra scene with Gollum swimming under the, you know, behind the mm-hmm. log while they're going down the river. And I think that was really good because there's not enough pressure on them. You know, it's like they've, they've literally got this weird little guy following them the whole way. He actually like slept under a tree in Lothlorien the whole time they were there. So, huh. yeah. I don't know. 
Yeah. And in fact, uh, I've noticed that each Gollum scene is typically like, oh my god, we're being followed, and whoever they're talking to, yeah, that's Gollum. (laughs) They all know he is. They're like, yeah, Mm -hmm. he's been with us for four weeks, and we're like, uh, maybe shoot him. I don't know. Like... (laughs) What, what do you do? Like, if it was Bob the Orc, would you think they would just <laughs> let him wander behind? No. And the other thing is, like, if you have this guy following you and you know that he's previously been captured by your mm-hmm. enemies, are you going to give him the opportunity to go and report on what he's seen? I mean, that seems incredibly irresponsible, Aragorn Ranger of the North. Uh, yep. And they did it anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Repeatedly. Yeah. Repeatedly. So... The um when we we lost um we we talked about um Kate Blanchett we talked about actually the the fight with the orcs where Frodo mm-hmm. got away, but that was actually where we saw um Sean Bean kind of re- redeem himself a little bit by um protecting what did, yes yeah um the bumblebucks <laughs> yes yep. exactly Does it get old? um and and actually ended up dying um mm-hmm. because of that and but not easily no. it took a lot and then the orcs literally just wandered off and left him there <laughs> like he's still alive he's still just sitting there like shocked mm-hmm. like i'm full of arrows this is not a good thing at all it's kind of like yep. capture the flag where it's like we we got the halflings uh no no need to kill them <laughs> we're done run run exactly yeah so i mean it was really sad um uh, when um, Sean Bean died, I wasn't like super sad because I wasn't like really invested in him though at this right. point. Um, not like you were with Gandalf or anything or Ned Stark for that matter. Mm-hmm. But um, the but you know they had nice visuals and actually but that last scene the funeral scene where you know they put him out in the boat mm-hmm. uh, with his sword I I thought was very nice and very um, you know it brought attention to the the sadness of the situation but right it didn't dwell on it mm-hmm. agreed but that's you know that's kind of a warrior's death you give what you can you try to do what you can but you have to move on you can't you know mm-hmm. unfortunately you don't have the time you don't have the time in war to stop and do other things mm-hmm. so and you know this is about the end, right? All of a sudden, it is. It to is. fade to black, it, screw like Heather goes. What the hell's happening? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, that's it. Like, what the crap? So, like, don't you yes. have to like win a battle in order for a movie to be over? <laughs> nope. They're like, and we've made it to nowhere and, and scene. <laughs> so what we see is that Sam and Frodo are heading towards the Imm and Muil, which is going to be a craggy, horrible place that they're going to have to climb over to get straight to Mordor and the others are now running off towards uh, Rohan to try to capture these orcs who have got Merry and Pippin so that they are not murdered. Mm-hmm. So, so Diane, mm. you've seen the other two movies. I have. I want you to forget that you've seen them and tell mm-hmm. us how this ends. Oh, shoot. Um, <laughs> hmm. What is their happily ever aftermath? Yeah. Oh, jeez, jeez. Okay, so um, I think what's going to happen is is that you got Sam and Frodo, and they're going to continue on their way, but they're not going to know what the hell they're doing because, like, okay, so we lost our our, our map wizard. Um, uh, my heroes have uh, heroically let me go because they know that it's for the best for everyone for their own, but at the same time, I don't know what's happening. 
they step into a swamp and then they get eaten by some, you know, swamp creatures. The end. <laughs> Sounds legit. And the swamp creatures now have the power of the ring and take over everything. <laughs> <laughs> and Aquaman comes to save the day. <laughs> but then he gets taken in by the ring's power. That's right. And now he is uh, King Orin. I don't know. <laughs> So I have an internet quote today. Oh, excellent. Um, it's Twitter, in case you didn't know, because it's from at Sarcastic Sapien. <laughs> Man, just think how crazy Gollum goes on the fifth day of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I like it. Yep. That's a, by like the way, that's so a, that's an oldie. This tweet is from September 2013. <laughs> Well, there you go. You have to like go. Are you finding these on a site or yeah. are you actually digging deep? No, I'm finding them on the site. I mean, I'm, yep. I am I had to find the article, which is old. Well, yeah. So there. <laughs> I did some work. That's funny. <sighs> I do miss our bobcat ones. The ones that are just completely out of left field. Yeah, Those are fun. I know. Like, I I forget when I read one. I'm like, oh, I should save that. And I never, mm-hmm. I forget. So now they're in. Yeah. Now they're kind of in context. So yeah, anyway. it happens. That's okay. So Diana, we want to thank you so much for coming on with us and talking things Tolkien, both this movie and beyond. What do you guys have going on? What's coming up next? Oh, okay. So uh, we are. We just wrapped up our theme month, Hot August Nights, and that's nights with a K. Uh, so we had mm. just covered Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. And we're nice. we releasing very soon, if not already done, um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And mm-hmm. uh, you know what? Don't let that Oscar fool you. That is an amazing movie. <laughs> uh, but also, don't let the action fool you. That is a very romantic movie. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. We, we covered that. Um and uh, we would really appreciate it if you checked it out. Uh, Happily Ever Aftermath. Find it on all your podcatchers of choice. All right. And how can people contact you? Oh, sure. Uh, thank you very much for asking. Uh, we are on Twitter and Instagram at Hemecast. That's H-E-A-M-C-A-S-T. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Happily Ever Aftermath. So those are the main social medias where you can come, share us the movies that uh, kind of give you ideas on what romantic relationships should be. And, you know, if you go through and see the movies you talked about, let us know what you think happens when those movies are over. Awesome. Thank you again for coming on. Next week, you guys will be able to join us for our continuation and talking about Two Towers. We will have guest Jessica with us, who you have heard previously on our Clueless episode back in April. And she's also done cosplay and geek crushes, I believe. Mm -hmm. So we're excited to have Jess come back. And uh, that's it. Heather, do you have anything else? No. Well, we will see you guys next time. Music provided by www.bensound.com, and please email feedback to contact us at nerdybitches.com.
Uh, what was I going to say? 